Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Hello, and welcome to episode 70 of the podcast. I'm Rob Burton. And just before we get started today, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the International Crisis Management Conference. Uh, For those of you that are not aware, the conference was moved from May due to the coronavirus, and it's been moved to October 27th and 29th of 2020. Uh, And again, it will be held in Rhode Island for the second year. This is our fifth uh, conference, or the fifth conference that um, the ICMC will be putting on, and PreparedX uh, will be sponsoring it again for the fifth year running. So we're looking forward to that. Go to crisisconferences.com for more information. So today I'm joined by Joe Barker, who is an account executive at OnSolve. Joe works with safety, security, EHS, crisis managers, I'm sure business continuity, emergency managers at various different organizations, large and small. Joe is also an Army veteran, which we're going to get into today on the interview here. And I think, Joe, you join us from Florida today. Welcome. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Yeah. And um, yeah, so when we got talking about this, Joe, um, we, um, you know, we were thinking about some topics to come up with. And um, I know that uh, both of us being, you know, military veterans, uh, something close to our hearts was uh, that transitioning period from, you know, becoming or coming, coming from the military into the civilian uh, workforce, uh, something that uh, we, you know, we both had a passion for. So I know that's what we're going to be, you know, talking a little bit about today. But before we get started, Joe, um, can you let our audience know a little bit more about yourself and a little bit more about your military career as well as your current employment absolutely yeah so again thanks for thanks for having me um you know really really was interested in um in taking this deep dive with you and and just maybe if we can you know provide some insight to to anybody else who maybe uh maybe transitioning and uh we might be able to you know help some folks out navigate some of the challenges that, that you and i may have gone through but um, yeah, I got um, post 9/11 joined uh, joined the military right out of um, right out of high school, and um, just really wanted to um, to better myself, better my career, and also you know uh, you know provide some service to my country and give uh, give back where I could. So, joined uh, as a radio operator. Um, you know, did that for a couple of years, couple of deployments, went all over the world overseas, and uh, you know different different hotspots around the Middle East and things like that. And then um, actually went to a reclass to become a combat medic. So um, did that for um, actually uh, since 2007 uh, towards to the present. So once I got off active duty, um, I, uh, I was basically going to college and, and talked to a reserve recruiter and they're like, Hey, do you still want to finish out your, your 20 years and, and, um, and, and join a reserve unit um, down in Florida? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So give me the opportunity to uh, go to school, start my civilian career, but also stay, um, stay, you know, engaged. And, and it's just kind of blossomed from there. And I've been able to uh, meet some really cool people, people a lot smarter than me um, that all have great different specialties in, in, in their, uh, in their own line of work. So whether it's, you know, emergency room physicians or, you know, former special forces medics, you know, guys that you can just learn from and absor- absorb their knowledge and, and, and apply it to uh, uh, to, to what I do here at OnSolve as well. So, 
Great. And, and I know you're going to share a little bit more about what you do uh, at Onsolve uh, later on um, in the um, interview here. So appreciate that. And so just before we get started uh, with talking about, um, you know, the movement from the military into civilian life, uh, I know you've been working a lot recently uh, as it relates to the coronavirus and obviously big in the news right now. Um, you know, lots of people um, in quarantine. Uh, I think the latest was 3,000 deaths, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, here in the U.S. and obviously over, you know, around the world, I think some 35,000, maybe even 36,000. I was looking at John Hopkins' uh, website uh, this morning, so try and check in that at least once, once a day to see what's going on. So for our listeners, um, you know, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing uh, with the work that you're doing at Unsolve with regards to businesses facing um, the response to this coronavirus? <clears throat> Well, that's uh, man, that's that's the the topic of the uh, topic of the last couple of weeks here. You know, it's when when you have a dedicated uh, business continuity person or or uh, BC planner, BC manager who has been highly specialized at your Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. You know, this is this is what we've they've they've been training for. This is what they've been asking for funding for from their C-suite and saying like, look, guys, you know in the event of X, Y, Z, this is how we can better prepare. And, and over the last 10 years, I think we've seen a lot more money and a lot more resources uh, go into BC planning, which is great. Um, <clears throat> but for your smaller businesses and uh, people without a dedicated emergency manager or dedicated um, emergency preparedness coordinator or business continuity planner, um, you have sometimes a facilities director or a human resources manager who's now been tasked on, you know, sending out emergency notifications or making sure policies are up to date. Um, you know, IT managers having to fulfill those, you know, roles of getting everybody being able to work from home. So you're starting to see people and businesses become more agile, uh, maybe maybe letting people work from home, you know, and, and, and you know, making sure the necessary security updates and, and VPN and everybody has a laptop and some some way to continue business functions as they can now obviously not everybody has that luxury right so you have a lot of retail workers so um just the human element in me is is making sure that you know when when we order out or we order takeout or something like that being able to take care of those folks and you know tip them tip them 100 percent. you know you never know they they don't know what's next for them so it's um it's we're all we're all kind of doing this as a, as a universe right now together. So I think, uh, compassion and empathy is, is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Uh, great point there. So yeah, we have more to come. Um, I'm sure, uh, as it relates to, uh, the various different challenges that uh, everybody's facing. So appreciate that, um, you know, update from your perspective. Um, so let's get back to, um, the topic that we were, you know, that we're going to cover here and that's, you know, military personnel leaving, uh, the workforce, you know, I, I'm, you know, I remember back in my day, you just mentioned, uh, 9-11 is when you signed up. Um, 9-11, I left two days after 9-11. <laughs> so that's what we were wow. a couple of generations, well, a generation, not generation apart, but fair, fair, you know, lots of years apart between us. And then, uh, and then I moved on to the corporate sector, you know, just a few days after. So, and I'd already seen and done plenty by then, of course, um, um, 13 years I'd spent um, doing my my piece. And I remember the commanding officer at the time when uh, when I went in on orders to um, to leave, um, you know, he said to me, he said, uh, the world's going to get interesting. I said, sir, with all due respect, I just did 13 years of interesting. 
and uh, and of course, you know, I moved on and uh, did lots of uh, additional interesting things, which I continue to do today. So, yeah, so I'm just thinking, uh, Joe, as it relates to one of the biggest challenges, you know, what, what from your perspective, you know, what do you see from military folks, you know, especially here um, in the States um, as being one of the biggest challenges from leaving and then entering into the, you know, civilian work, workforce? You know, it's it's a multifaceted thing, and each person deals with it differently. You know, a lot of the commonalities that that I've seen is is getting um, whatever you've done as your job or your MOS in the military, getting that to translate, um, and trying to be as creative as possible. Um, so you can't just obviously you can't just put like I was a you know two four nine gunner on an on an email or on on your on your resume. Um, you know, you have to, you have to, uh, get creative on your resume and, and, and take, you know, whether it's small things as just being able to work with, you know, on a team with multinational backgrounds, uh, being able to do anything kind of foreign relations or, or helping, you know, whatever main equipment you maintained or, um, you know, how much property you were responsible for all that stuff translates. It's just the right way to do it. And there's, uh, here recently in the last, I'd say four or five years, there's been a lot of, um, you know, companies like monster.com helping, helping people translate their, uh, their skills and things like that, uh, into a more civilian resume. Um, but you know, there's a lot of untapped talent out there and, and it just starts with, you know, it starts with each individual, uh, wanting to also you know, say, look, I have, I have these skills. I just, just maybe need a better network or I need to talk to more people or, or figure out what's out there. Um, but it's, you know, obviously everything starts with the individual. Now, I don't know if they told you this in the military, but they said it to us is the only person in charge of your career is you. Nobody else cares. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you really gotta, really gotta take, um, take ownership of that. So, um, you know, uh, obviously with the, the, the barriers and, in, in, in skills translations and things like that is, is a big one. Uh, and then, you know, it's also a big uh, daily off tempo change, you know, nobody's forcing you to wake up at five in the morning and go do PT. So, right. you know, yeah. as you know, as most guys, like I did, you know, you, you join that 50, you join that, um, you know, plus 15 pound club. Once you get off active duty, your uniform isn't fit, you grow your beard out all that. And then all of a sudden that gets old and you're like, all right, I need to really get back in the career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's one of those, so the, the, you know, the biggest, um, advantages of hiring, uh, someone from the from the military, especially you know, shortly after uh, they leave the military, is that discipline. Because for many years, for many years, I I was that you know I still am to a certain degree compared to, you know, uh, some of my peers, but um, in different different ways now. But certainly early on, it was just like you know, the same thing. It was just that you know regiment of you know wake up early i mean i still do now but you know pt you know just that routine uh, and just keeping that discipline going so you know i think one of the skills that we see in the crisis management space within corporations is having that discipline as it relates to crisis response um so you bring the team together being organized right in the environment having that discipline having that leadership so all the all the typical traits that uh, most military people uh, certainly leave uh, leave the military with so um so yeah you know i appreciate your you know your thoughts on that i'd like to know a little bit though because i'm not familiar you know being from the uk originally uh, i'm not familiar with what type of resources uh, there are here um, as it relates to you know military folks uh, moving on into the civilian workforce what, you know what did you have joe and and what's out there for folks that uh, helps them transition you know you mentioned monster.com but what you know, what else is out there? Yeah, so I think the um, the 
Department of Defense got got really wise to this. Um, I'd say in the early 2000s, they 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 would hire um, people, civilians, and they would have uh, they would do transition briefings. Um, so you're out processing. I remember my out processing took like 30 days, and two weeks of that was what we call what they called ACAP, which is um, the Army Career Assistance Program. So it was everything from interviewing skills getting your resumes, so you'd meet with a counselor and they'd say, look, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to do when you get out? You want to go to college? You want to, you know, go into the workforce and they would, they would prep you. So, you know, it was two weeks of, of resume building and, you know, mock interviews and uh, making sure your stuff was tight, even, even going as far as, as trying to ping their network and see what jobs were out there in, in the area you'd be transitioning to. So that has blossomed, um, you know, on the enlisted, on the enlisted side, uh, on the officer side, you know, a lot of these guys are reaching out to former college buddies and, and talking with them about the transition, uh, networking with them. Maybe if it was, you know, you know, buddies or friends like that from active duty that you had finding out where they're working, what they're looking for, uh, those companies and things like that. So talking with other people who have made the transition and building up your network. So, um, I talked to one guy I just got off active duty. He's a, he's an emergency manager uh, out in the Pacific Northwest. And, um, I, I think he was working like six months out before he retired yep. to try to build his network and build everything and, and start taking the courses he needed for his, you know, for his degree and his position. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's on the individual It's how far, how hard and how, you know, how much effort you want to put in is what you're going to get out. And, and obviously we're seeing a lot of success uh, there in, in that regard. So um, the, the, the course that we had was called ACAP and I think they got a lot, a, a lot more uh, of those type of uh, programs and things like that. So, you know, when, when the, some things that the Department of Defense is really good at is when they see, when they see a problem or, or you know, the, the last thing they want to do is obviously be also on, on the news or anything like that for not taking care of transitioning veterans. So they, they put a lot of money and effort into that and making sure that um, people are, are getting set up for success. And then, and then at the community level, um, community level, what really helped me Rob was, um, I got involved, met a, met some, some folks at a, at a, at a local pub and, and they all had the same t-shirts on and, and they just got back from a run. And I was like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, Oh, we're with team red, white, and blue. And I'm like, well, what is, what is that all about? And they're like, well, we help, we help integrate veterans back into the community mm. by exercise and things like that. So I was like, all right, well, how do I, how do I become a member? So, you know, I become a member and I sign up online and now they're, they're an international, international organization with chapters in all 50 states. Uh, and they do a lot of good for the community by volunteering at veterans, nursing homes, bringing people meals. Um, so there's a, a lot of self um, satisfaction of giving back, but also you're getting some exercise in. So, sure, you know, they'll do great. track yeah. workouts or, or runs or, or, you know, paddle boarding or surfing or they have something going on at least every day and they put out the schedule for the week in advance and you can, you know, jump into any one of the exercises. So they work with your schedule, if you know, morning or in the afternoons or at night after work, you can, you can get in, you can always do something. So, and they're uh, just a good group, good group of people for sure. Yeah. And um, so you could name that uh, organization again. That's team red, white, and blue. Okay, and we'll have that in the show notes, uh, folks, as well. So we'll add that um, in at the bottom. Appreciate that. Um, Mm -hmm. I know uh, Team team Rubicon as well is uh, another one that's really been set up, and I know there's a lot of uh, former military folks and even first responders joined that organization. You're probably familiar with Team Rubicon, right? Yeah, Team Rubicon, Team Red, White, and Blue, Go Ruck. Um, 
there's a ton of them out there and it's great because they're, they have a real sense of community, um, nice, nice brotherhood and sisterhood that they have. And, and, you know, the cool thing about it is, you know, you can be traveling and, and look up a local, local, you know, events that are going on wherever you may be traveling and you can just jump in. So we've had plenty of guys, um, from, from out of town, just kind of jump in and say, Hey, like I heard there's a running club. Can I get in with you guys? So it's pretty, uh, pretty neat stuff. Sure, of course, yeah, <clears throat> and I guess it's that camaraderie as well that uh, you know that we were all used to and, and we all enjoyed. And uh, sometimes when that's taken away from you or when you leave, um, you know, I, I remember leaving and <clears throat> at the time I was living in London, you know, in the big city, and I just remember thinking to myself, you know, I've just kind of left my unit behind now, and you know, I was I was quick to get out of the gate, so to speak, and then you know, not not too you know many months later, it was you know it was one of those things where. I was just like, well, you know, um, was this the right move? You know, I'm making the right decision here. And um, there was a sense of not loneliness because I had lots of people and friends and, you know, family, and I still connected with, the, you know, some of the guys. This was well before Facebook and well before any social media platform. So, you know, you stay in touch by picking the phone up. Um, but I just remember that sense of, okay, I went from this massive family that I had um, to, you know, a much smaller family. That's what it felt like. So, so yeah, that was, you know, one of my, you know, one of my, my memories from uh, all those uh, all those years ago when I moved on. Um, so l- let's talk about that, though. Let's talk about um, if you can, Joe. Um, as an individual, uh, you know, I'm transitioning, I'm moving on, mm-hmm. um, and you've mentioned lots of great resources and organizations in your in your last comment there. Um, but how do I prepare myself? What can I do for myself uh, to really get myself to work uh, within the crisis management field, business continuity, you know, security management? Obviously, there's a, there's lots that we do, Joe, you and I, um, in in this world of preparedness, um, and there's lots of things that you know again military folks moving on uh, into this field can actually you know bring to the field so but what can they do to prepare themselves to come into an onsolve or an everbridge or you know another organization like ours prepared x um to you know prepare themselves to transition into this environment sure yeah um so you know obviously the cool thing about this is is you're working with you're usually working with the same people you worked with on active duty, no matter what, you know, most of my clients and most of my network are either some, some sort of public safety or military background. Like when I, when I call an emergency manager or a, you know, if I get linked up with somebody nine times out of 10, they have some sort of background that I can speak to um, efficiently. And I can, I can, you know, I, I've stomped some of the same ground, um, that they have. So there is a commonality and, and with commonality comes, you know, uh, you know, easier ways to do business, either easier ways to um, forge relationships. And there's a trust factor, right? Um, trust factor, a trust factor is everything it is, you know, obviously credibility and, and trust comes with that. So uh, I think that's, that's huge. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, that's first and foremost. And the, the other thing is, is obviously a, a positive attitude coming in and not being, um, uh, not being afraid to just step back and watch and listen. Uh, yes, you know, everybody has different levels of experience, but you can always learn. Um, you can always learn, you know, learn what people are facing, learn what the challenges that they're facing and talk to them and ask them. Um, that way you can have educated conversations when you're trying to recommend some sort of solution or, or, or talk to them about uh, what, you know, what, what good looks like for them. What could they have in their, in their repertoire, or their toolbox that would help uh, make, make their job and, 
easier and make their life easier and, and, and things like that. So a little bit of preparedness, uh, some credibility and, um, you know, and, and obviously networking is, is going to be huge too, I think. Yeah, I think there's, you know, we don't realize how how much there is in terms of, you know, resources out there. And the, again, you know, you, you mentioned before some of the organizations when, you know, military folks are transitioning. But, you know, uh, you know, there are other organizations that we're familiar with, you know, with this, you know, Business Continuity Institute, BCI, you know, um, there's lots of, you know, different organizations, you know, DRJs out there. Uh, obviously, one that we're affiliated to is the International Crisis Management Conference, which is a membership organization. Again, lots of information content out there with regards to that the same with you know prepared x so you know again there are a few resources that i can think of but uh, i'm sure onsolve has other resources and, and i'm sure there's other resources out there as well joe from um from your experience yeah absolutely i remember the i've been at the company i've been at onsolve for three weeks and um they're like hey you're going to drj and i'm like what's that and they're like disaster recovery journal it's like one of our biggest yeah. conferences i was like cool <laughs> And that was my first, you know, um, that was my first exposure to the industry. And that really, I just, everybody I talked to, I was just asking them, you know, what do you, what do you do? And, and, and just learned as much, be, just be, I was a sponge. I just wanted to know, you know, what, what makes you tick? Why are you of value? What are you struggling with? And everybody, you know, what they were struggling with at that time was we can't get funding. We can't get the C-suite to listen to us on why this is important. Yep. And, um, you know, that was, uh, I think that's like I was saying earlier has shifted a lot. People are really, really seeing the value and the importance for guys like you and, and, and investing in training and preparedness, um, to, to make sure that their, their, their business will, will keep going, uh, regardless of, you know, whatever outside threat is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Excellent. Um, so finally, as we start to wrap this up, uh, Joe, for our audience, um, you know, you, you mentioned Onsolve a few times. I know you're an account sure. executive there and you, you know, you certainly shared with me um, what you do at Onsolve. But uh, for the audience, if you could just let them know a little bit more about Onsolve and your role there, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah. We, um, you know, Onsolve was a, a product of um, a couple different companies coming, coming together uh, over the last, uh, it's about 2016. So, um, you know, the company that I worked for previously was called Emergency Communications Network. We, um, we had a, a product that's used by the state of Rhode Island called Code Red. Yes. Uh, it's used in, in multiple other, other, you know, communities and states all over, all over the United States, you know, used for public safety, emergency notification. So, you know, your police fire emergency manager will be able to uh, notify their jurisdictions and their general population in case of there's some type of emergency. So, um, we also provide, you know, solutions for the, you know, Fortune 500, the Fortune 100, as well as small and medium-sized businesses, nonprofits, and and things like that, to be able to communicate internally with their staff, no matter where they may be traveling, uh, letting them know about, you know, office closures or, you know, severe weather, uh, it may be uh, anything that could impact life, safety, property, or revenue. Uh, it, it matters to companies to be able to keep their employees engaged and informed, and we—that's what we really, really specialize in as a company. Um, I've been just blown away with with our company and, and, and the resources that we have on staff, the, the business continuity managers and planners from great companies and, you know, former emergency managers from some of the largest cities in the United States are, are people that get to shape our organization and get to shape our solution sets. So uh, real true experts in their field. And it's great to come to work every day to, uh, to work with those folks. So really, uh, really, really like what I do here. 
That's awesome. Awesome. Appreciate you uh, sharing that. Um, so thanks for your time uh, today, Joe. R really appreciate it. Um, do you have any final comments or um, can you let the listeners know how they can get a hold of you, uh, maybe touch base with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really active on LinkedIn. Um, that's how I, you and I connected. Uh, I just was really digging your, your podcast and listening to them. And, and just trying to learn, you know, as much as I can, you know, just trying to always be, if you're, you're, uh, you know, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room, kind of, kind of thing. So, um, you know, LinkedIn is great. Um, you know, email, email is awesome too. It's joe.barker at onsolve.com. Just first dot last at onsolve.com is, is another way. If anybody has any questions or you're looking for information and we're hiring Rob, um, you know, our, that's, you know, right now is my network. I'm seeing it left and right on LinkedIn where organizations don't really know what's next. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some, there's some furloughs going on and things like that at different, um, different companies. So our, our, our firm is hiring. Um, we're always looking for top talent in, in all walks of life technology and sales and all kinds of stuff so you know it's a it's a good good um good career path if anybody's interested more than happy to answer any questions too great and uh, really appreciate uh, your time today because again i know you're, you're busy joe and uh you know dealing with uh, obviously business as well as family so again appreciate uh, you taking uh, the time out today to join us for for this podcast absolutely rob thanks for having me and i hope you have a great rest of your week yeah you too you too thank you Okay, okay, well, well, that wraps up episode uh, 70 of our PreparedX uh, podcast. Can't believe we've had 70 already. Uh, I encourage you, please, if you could, uh, rate us on iTunes or any of the other outlets uh, where you might be listening to us. Please leave a comment. We'd love your feedback on the podcast and uh, today's podcast or any of the others. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Until next time, have a safe and productive day. Take care. Thank you.